Hello, everyone. Welcome in to a special episode number seven of That's What B Said, brought to you by Fansided. I'm your host, Bree, at Breezy Clee, and I'm joined by my two fellow co-hosts tonight. Brittany Mollis is back at Bird's Eye View. Hello, Brittany. Hello. Lucky number seven. Woohoo! How about that? God, we need it. We need some luck. There we go. And then Miss Meredith is back with us tonight on this Thursday after missing us on Monday. Hi, Meredith at MCAN Sports. How are you? I missed you guys so much on Monday. Yeah, we we missed you too. A lot. Yeah, we did. I know. I was watching uh, the Cavs not do so hot in Orlando. Mm-hmm. That was not, not a great performance by the Cavs, but here we no. are. Oh, well, yeah, we're going to get into quite a bit of things on tonight's show um, because we recorded an episode on Monday night and it's currently Thursday night and my oh my how things have changed in a mere three days ago my how the turntables (laughs) (laughs) so we will get into all things Cleveland Browns related as we look ahead to Sunday night football against the Steelers um, because that's why we were doing this show Um, but there's a couple of other things we have to cover tonight just based on things that happened over the last 24 hours. So we know everything that's going on in the country over the last day or so. Um, It's been really, really hard, I think, for all of us to focus on sports. It truly feels like we're living in a dystopian novel. And we recognize there are so many things that are much, much bigger than sports, which is why we want to remind all of our listeners and our followers that our Twitter platform will never truly be about just sports. All three of us, care about a lot of other things other than sports and we encourage you guys to do the same too so that's just a good reminder of that we know you follow us because of our sports takes um, or you listen to us because of our sports takes but we're also humans we also have passions outside of sports and we care Um, our passions are not just about one thing so thank you for respecting that and sticking with us Um, and obviously we're going to talk about sports tonight that's what we're doing and we have to kick it off with the Indians. I, I can't. We can't ignore this. Um, all the focus should be on the Cleveland Browns leading into Sunday. Um, however, the country is currently navigating a pandemic while also attempting to move on from the riots that happened at the Capitol yesterday. The Cleveland Browns are prepping for a playoff amidst COVID craziness, and the Cleveland Indians just tried to quietly trade their star shortstop, Francisco Lindor, and also threw in Cookie Carrasco to the New York Mets today. So we couldn't ignore this. No. <laughs> I, I'm almost surprised that they didn't wait until Sunday. And I tweeted this too, that they were, I, cause we were joking around about this at work, that they were going to wait until like 4 PM on Sunday to do it. Cause at that point, people are going to be so focused on the Browns that they're not going to realize what just happened. But instead they're like, nah, let's, let's do it at 11 AM on a Thursday. They have the Indians have the worst timing ever. They should Always. have done it yesterday during the riots. Yes. <laughs> Just slid it, it in there real slow. <laughs> like, all right. Yeah. Hi, Peggy. Nobody would have been talking about it. I know. They, that's That was the perfect time to do it. But, like, today, you know, when everyone's already distracted from everything going on and we're all on Twitter right now looking for the next disaster to strike. Right. And then they decide to do it this morning and it's like, I haven't talked this much about the Indians in probably a year and a half, and I barely care. But I cared enough 
for the people who do. You know what I mean? Sorry, Joey's screaming. <laughs> she She's also upset. cares. She, she is cares. upset. I mean, <laughs> we're all upset. But no, I mean, it it hurts my heart for people that like genuinely value this team and genuinely care because I remember what that was like. I felt that way when they traded Victor. I was like, you know, this guy, he, he, he cried when he left. And that shows that somebody, yeah, they're an athlete. <laughs> I'm sorry, she won't stop. <laughs> like, you know, they're a professional athlete. You don't really view them as human beings the way that we should. And you know, Frankie was like the heart and soul of this team. So... For people, especially, you know, kids that probably loved him. I know my nieces do. They named their cat Frankie. So, like, all that heartbreak that they're going to feel, I like, it hurt me just as a a Cleveland fan that that happened. And then Cookie. Yeah, Cookie. That was was a bit of a surprise, no? That was the shocker. No one saw that coming. Yeah, a friend of mine um, with the athletics texted me today, and he was like, so how's the reaction in Cleveland? And I was just like, it's it's sad and angry. And I think there are two things that people are sad and angry about. And it's not necessarily Francisco Lindor, because like they the Antonetti told us a year ago that that was going to happen. Like the the Indians were pretty much preparing everyone for this. They made no bones about it, that they were not going to give Francisco Lindor the extension. So Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's what shocked people. I think it was. The fact that they dealt cookie along with it. And then on top of that, the return is just weak. Yeah. Like you're, you're giving up, you're giving up one of the, one of your, one of your top, one of your starting five pitchers and you're not getting a starter in return. Like I understand the Indians are very good at developing pitching. Yeah, that's great. But they've also dealt Clevenger. They've dealt Kluber. Now they're dealing cookie. Like it just, it's Bieber and and what's his face, Zach, Zach Plesac. I like blanked. Like it's been so long since I've said that name. But yeah, like that that's that's your rotation at the moment. You you've got Bieber and Plesac. Yeah. No, Tristan. Tristan Tristan McKenzie. That's right, Tristan Tristan. McKenzie. Yes, (laughs) or like he might like. And here's the thing: you want to make Tristan the face of the franchise now because he's definitely. You know, he's got it. Like, he's got the charisma. He's got the attitude. He's got the talent. But, you know, what's going to stop the Indians from trading him away, too? This is oh, what they do. And this is why I've been arguing back and forth with Dolan apologists all day. Because I've had enough. I've had enough of them telling me that, that my feelings aren't justified. That I shouldn't feel this. Well, you know, they're the model franchise going forward. Oh, are they? Because they've won so many rings since they've been there. So yes, this is how other teams should model their winning teams. Like they, It's gotten to a point where I just... I'm about to mute all of Tribe Twitter, all of them, <laughs> because I can't do it anymore. I'm done. So here's the one thing that I don't want to hear people say anymore is... The Yankees just buy their championships. Like, no, they're not going to the store and buying a World Series trophy. They're paying the talent that can win them a World Series trophy. That's the one take that just annoys the crap out of me, that people get so mad that the that the, the Yankees just throw money at anyone who wants to come there, and the result is they win championships. Like, what do you expect is happening? Like, that's exactly what the Mets are trying to do right now. 
They're like, all right, we're going to open up our pocketbooks as wide as they can go. We're going to acquire every single person we, we possibly can. I would not be surprised if the Mets are in the World Series within the next two to three years. Yeah. So just if you're the person that gets mad that the Yankees, quote unquote, buy their championships, well, get mad at your owners for not paying the people who can win you a championship. Yeah. Another thing that they were getting on, they're like, it's not the Dolan's fault. It's not the Indians fault. It's Major League Baseball's fault. Now, I will give you that we have talked about this at nauseum about the problems that Major League Baseball has and the problems that they're not fixing. One of them being is that, yes, there should be a salary cap. That yes. should have happened a long, long time ago. And we're seeing the results of it not happening. But you can blame both things. Because I, I pulled up today, I looked at, you know, the, the the payroll for like the past 20, I was nerding out this afternoon <laughs> looking at, at salaries and stuff. But I looked, you know, in the 90s. In the 90s, the Cleveland, there, again, there was no salary cap back then either. But the Indians were always in the top five, top six, top seven, top ten, up until like 2002, I think. And then, you know, of course, the Dolans came in, bought the heart from the, or bought the, the team from the Jacobs in 2000. And then from 2001, 2003, they slashed their payroll in half. And they said, well, this is just how small to mid-market teams have to operate. But they were a small to mid-market team in the 90s, too. Cleveland's not, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't like Cleveland was New York, and then it just shrunk to Cleveland. It's pretty much, a, you know, it's it's not a whole lot has changed. And they say, well, you know, also, they didn't have the Browns during that time. Let's not forget that. There's not a whole lot of overlap between no, football <laughs> season and baseball season. That's not, you know, it, it, and they're like, well, you know, the... They had the Cavs and the Browns, and the Cavs were boring, and, you know, the Browns were good. And they, the again, the mental gymnastics these people do to defend. And I'm calling on everyone to boycott this team. Do not give them another cent, because they don't deserve it. They don't respect us. Yeah, I, I just, have a really hard time. Um, I, I said that the Indians are my least favorite team in terms of, like, rooting I have a really hard time rooting for them because of things like this because you you can't get attached to the players on the Indians teams because you know that they'll just be gone in a matter of a few years like it's it's really hard for me like I want to root for players on a team like yes I want to support the entire team and I want success but it's really hard when when there's no consistent faces and it's really hard to not build around that I mean in my opinion the Indians are just in a purgatory of just being good never being good enough and I think the ownership is okay with that I think they are completely satisfied with getting to a certain point but not being able to get over the hump and they will hold themselves back yes I always find it funny when people refer (laughs) to Cleveland as a small market um and and this is just from the like from the perspective of of media markets and media size I mean obviously your top 10 markets are you know, New York, L.A., Chicago, Houston, Washington, D.C., Atlanta. But as far as market size goes, Cleveland is like 35. That's not that's not a small market. That's a mid to large market. Like it's not that far off from top 20. Like when I say small market, I almost think of a place like Nashville, like Nashville's like 44. I think Nashville's a smaller market than than Cleveland is. And so that's why I always kind of laugh when people refer to Cleveland as a small market. I'm like, it's not. It is a solid 
medium market. And then if you want to compare the Indians to, say, the Minnesota Twins, and they're like, oh, small mid, like, Minnesota is a very large city, like Minnesota is top 20. So you can't, or excuse me, Minneapolis is top 20. Like, you can't compare the Twins and the Indians and and think that they're in the same situation if you want to go by, like, market size, because Minneapolis is a much bigger city than Cleveland is. But Cleveland is not a small city. By no. any means. And Cleveland also, like, there's so many passionate yes. fans here. Yes. You saw in the 90s when you had an owner that would spend money for winners, even though they never won a World Series, the people still came out in droves. They had, what, like 400 and some consecutive sellouts. Mm-hmm. But then once the, I'm telling you, like, once the Dolans came in and they slashed it, they gutted the team, that's when people were like, hmm. Maybe this is, like, we got so used to having people that gave a shit, and then now we don't, and we haven't forever, and people are like, well, you know, they're still winning. Kudos to the front office for being able to to still put together a good Mm -hmm. team with very limited resources. They're phenomenal, and I give them all the credit in the world. But, you know, just saying, well, that's good enough. It's not good enough. It's just not. Yeah, and for all the faults that, the other owners in the city have like you you look at the Haslam's and and they have obviously their faults as well I mean the Browns have been a train wreck since coming back into the league I think everybody Mm -hmm. can agree to that however the Haslam's have been willing to spend and to make controversial moves um, year over year to try to get this thing back on track and and I'll tell you like yeah, it was painful. Those few years with the Browns were incredibly painful, and they've been the laughing stock for years and years. But, like, right now, it's working. And, you know, I would rather have a passionate group of owners than what's happening right now with the Indians because I truly feel like they don't care. They don't care about the city or the fans. And, and yeah. You also look at Dan Gilbert and, you know, there's blood on his hands with the whole LeBron thing the first time that he left and then LeBron coming back. Um, He's always been willing to spend the money. I mean, you could almost say to a fault with LeBron coming back um, (laughs) that there was just reckless trades and spending happening. Um, But once again, like you never really question his passion. I mean, him and LeBron were not on good terms. Like he had to overcome his own ego. You know, like he had to overstep his own ego with when you think about billionaire owners, like that's really hard to do. Yes. Yes. I, that's when people will say, well, who's the worst? To me, it's the Dolans. And it's not even close because at least the Haslam's and Dan Gilbert care. They care enough about the product to want to spend money. They will pump all the money they have into the teams so that they can get a winning product. That's it. That's the difference. And that's what owners are supposed to do. That's why you own these teams. Yeah, that I mean, and that gave me or that leads into the idea that I had to hopefully save the Indians Um, because everyone is screaming for the Dolans to sell the team. And there's two camps. There's the sell the team. I don't care what happens. And then there's the people saying, don't sell the team. We're going to lose it. And, you know, losing a professional sport in the city of Cleveland will always be a sore spot. Um, But but yes. We talked a little bit about this, but we didn't go into a lot of depth. But Anthony Precor, who is just another smarmy billionaire that likes to buy things. And when he doesn't, when his toys aren't shiny anymore, he wants to throw them away. 
uh, he was the owner of the Columbus crew and he wanted to move down to Austin because Austin is an it city and he wanted to take his shiny toy with him. So he tried to take the crew down to Austin with him and he petitioned major league soccer to let him and the small but mighty fans of the Columbus crew stepped up and they pretty much got him to sell the team and leave it in Columbus. And who bought the team? Mm -hmm. None other than Jimmy and D Haslam. Yeah. And you want to know what else happened after they literally saved the crew. They won the MLS cup this year. That's right. There you go. So if the Dolans were to sell the team and I think they should, I think if Jimmy and D are willing to buy it, I think they should buy the team as well for a few reasons, because they understand the advantage of having these teams in Cleveland. I think they like the support of and the camaraderie that the different athletes on the different teams have. And they have incentive to keep these teams here in Cleveland. Like they're not looking to move back to Tennessee. They're not looking to to take teams away from Cleveland. They're not looking to take teams away from Ohio. Like they literally stepped in and said, hey, we've got the money to save the crew. So we're going to save the crew. Like why not? Why not own two major league sports in the city of Cleveland? Like go for it, Jimmy and D. I hope your pocketbooks are still, you know, <laughs> open because not under investigation. <laughs> <laughs> But or actually, I had this other thought this afternoon. What if LeBron James bought the Indians? Because that's because he is another person who has incentive to want to keep a team in the city of Cleveland. And he's a person who has incentive to want good things to happen for the city of Cleveland. And he has enough money to do it. I'm pretty sure he has enough money to buy the team. And since he is an athlete and he play, he's on the playing side, he understands the amount of money that has to go into paying the players and to paying the front office and to paying the the coaching staff and everything else. Like he seems to be the type of person that'd be willing to, to spend the money because he knows how important it is to spend the money. So I don't know. That was the other thought I had. Either the Haslam's are, I mean, I know LeBron is still playing, but what if he was just like, yeah, I'm going to retire. I'm going to buy the Indians guys. I got you your first championship in 52 years. And now I'm also going to save your baseball team. I would love either of those situations. Yeah. I'm more so the LeBron. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. But like, oh, I'd be cool down with the Haslam's be. buying it. Cool. Dan Gilbert, you should buy them. Do, do, anyone, excuse me, to all the billionaires out there listening to this podcast, please buy the Cleveland Indians. <laughs> and plus, it's not, it's not out of the ordinary for a single ownership group to have multiple teams. Like in Washington, D.C., Ted Leonsis owns the Wizards, the Mystics, and the Capitals. So he's got three of the five major league teams in this in Washington DC. So it's not like it hasn't been done before. You can have a single ownership group have more than one team. So let's do it. I think LeBron, this is our plea. It could be a great possibility. I mean look at what Pat Mahomes did with with the Royals. Like he kind of did the same thing. Like invested his money into the city that he plays for. Yeah. I mean I know LeBron obviously no longer plays for Cleveland, but there's a ton of ties back to the city and I, I think he I think that would be he would he would be well loved with the fans again. And and I think I think that means a lot to LeBron. And here's something that I would be okay with if LeBron bought the team and wanted to move them to Akron. I think I'd be okay with that. 
Because Ugh. Akron is still, it's still Northeast Ohio. Gross. It's Akron still not- is gross. I've never been, but it's still Northeast Ohio. Don't ever go. And let me tell you why. Because they have potholes on their highways. <laughs> I've mean- never seen a less maintained city in my life. Then you've never Every been time- in Every time I go downtown Akron, like everything is closed. It's just orange barrels. Everything turns into a one-way street. If you miss one turn, you're screwed. You're basically going back to Cleveland. It's just a, it's it's a hellish nightmare. Just don't go there. Well, if you if you're if you're if you don't want to drive down a city road that has potholes and orange barrels, don't ever go to Nashville then. Cuz what you just described was Nashville. Ugh. Like that is the the bars and the restaurants and the touristy things in Nashville are very well maintained, but the infrastructure is just it it you may as well have dirt roads, honestly. You'd be better off with dirt roads than the way they maintain their infrastructure. In I'd be happy but... with dirt roads in Akron. Like put the dirt down. Then we could at least go places there. It, it, I I can't I'm I'm done. I can't. I just listen. I just I know that sometimes like it's it's a very weird thing to me, and I guess it's just from quasi outsiders' perspective how people from Akron refuse to claim Cleveland and vice versa. But when the Cavs won the championship, everyone in Akron's like, "Yeah, Cleveland!" And I was like, "Weren't you just telling me that that Cleveland that you didn't like Cleveland? You don't want to be associated with them, but you're cheering for the Browns, you're cheering for the Indians, and you're." You know, walking around with your 2016 championship shirts. I don't you know what else? You know what else makes me mad about Akron is <laughs> okay. that 330 is like an area code between Akron and Youngstown. Yes. And they like look down on us so bad, and it's like, uh, you live in a crap hole town. <laughs> Excuse me. At least we have like character. Okay, we are the city of grit. Oh my god, right. I love. Okay, I love how area. It does not matter where you are. Area codes are a thing, and I love it. Yeah, like, every time I'm just, like, oh, yeah, it, on March 30th, I'm like, hey, happy 330 day. And Akron people are like, you're not from the real 330. I'm like, go. No. <laughs> we are. <laughs> and it's like, there's such, like, superiority. And it's yeah. not just here. It's everywhere. Like, if you go to New York and you don't have a 212 area code, like, you're not a real New Yorker. And it's like the same thing in D.C. Like, I want to say back in the 2000s, they added a second set of area codes to the D.C. area because the city was growing so fast they ran out of phone numbers. And if you don't have the original area code, like if you don't have the OG 202 or 703, it's like, oh, my God. Like, oh, you're inferior because you don't have the 202. I just, it's hilarious. Yeah, and we it have the same area. It's the same numbers. But somehow we're still looked down on. It's so funny to me. Why don't you just go to, to Pennsylvania, you hillbilly? <laughs> Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> you guys ready to get in some Browns and Steelers? Yeah, no. sorry. Let's lift our mood a little bit here, if you can believe no, it. No, I'm honestly, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Yeah, we got, we have to, we have oh, to buckle up. Oh, get ready. Buckle oh, up, Lord. everyone on the podcast. It's time to get positive. How, yeah. you say? <laughs> um, well, yes, we know the week has not been kind to any of us, the Cleveland Browns included, um, as they have begun prepping for their game against the Steelers on Sunday night. We're just going to recap how the week has went thus far. So this is really from the perspective of Browns fans. Let's start with Sunday. We were on a high. The Browns beat the Steelers. They clinched a playoff spot for the first time in 18 years. Monday, also a high. We celebrated. Victory Monday. It was amazing. We recorded our podcast. We were so happy. Then comes Tuesday and the low. We lose Kevin Stefanski, two additional coaches, 
Joel Batonio to COVID. And I think at that point in time, we were all gutted. I remember when I saw the news, I logged on and, and Adam Schefter's tweet was the first thing I saw. I think he had just tweeted it 52 seconds ago. I thought that it was a fake account. I was like, yes. this yeah. isn't real. Yes. So then we go on a high again because, you know, the Browns fans are really good at reaching our peak level of low and then finding like small things of hope to cling on. So our hope the following day was contact tracing and positive tests came back clear. We were on a high again. We were like, we're going to win this game. And then today comes and we're back at the low because Ronnie Harrison subtweets out. We all think it's about Francisco Lindor. <laughs> but much to our dismay, we find out he's been added to the COVID list. But guys, there's still hope. Our hero can come along. Sendejo has been reactivated. And then Thank God for that. Comes along. <laughs> what? Oh my God, you guys! What? What if? What if Sendejo actually has like a pick six or something? Oh, guys, it's bound to happen. Like COVID may have given him superpowers. Like COVID may have actually fixed <laughs> Andrew Sendejo. Like for everyone I... else, like Miles Garrett, his lungs are an issue, but Andrew Sendejo may come back with superpower. So let's just all hope for that. We I can mean, hope. there might be a, they might erect a statue of him at First Energy Stadium if he, if he has a pick six. What if he has like a game winning gosh, pick six? Oh my God. I have tears just thinking about it. If that, okay, it wouldn't just be a statue. We would have to have an Anderson Dejo parade. Yeah, yeah like, just remember, build him his own stadium. He was like just recklessly flying around on the field. Like maybe like there may have been like a circuit twisted and the virus may have just tweaked that for him. Like he's a robot. Just a little, just, little tweak. And his, he's his circuits get his circuits got rebooted. Yes, yes. That's exactly what is going to happen. Speak it into existence. He's so like, I'm gonna like, his I'm gonna make an eleven million dollar catch, you guys. You just wait. Yes. So to top all of this off, um, the Browns have also had to close their facility all week based on the outbreak um, that is not really an outbreak based on the NFL. It's not an official outbreak, you guys. So outbreak in quotations. So they have not practiced and they very well may not practice all week and walk into the game on Sunday night without actually meeting in person, without their coach. So... All of that With all said, that, <laughs> get ready, guys. Now that we're all about to kill ourselves. We, we know the deck is stacked against us. It's going to be an uphill climb. As Cleveland fans, we are used to this. We're here to tell you it's going to be okay because the Cleveland Browns still have a shot to win this game. I'm going to turn this over now to Miss Brittany Mollis because she has something to say. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's the wrong song. <laughs> now we're supposed to do I Am a Tiger. <laughs> Guys, my circuits got twisted. <laughs> okay, reset, reset. Okay, okay. <clears throat> Serious, guys. Done. 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 Dun 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 Okay, Brittany, take it away. I can't breathe. 
speech from all of them printed out. I took so much time. I'm sweating right now. My palms are sweaty. Oh, gross. Oh, it's, are they like Danny? Are they Danny sweaty? Are they boring? My knee's weak. Mom's spaghetti. Yes, they are boring. All right. Help me. Here we go. <clears throat> Friends, family, and countrymen. Meredith, I heard you. Sorry. <laughs> Start again from the top. Hold on, I'm going to mute my mic. Don't you forget who we are. We're the city of believers. We're the city of hard workers and underdogs and grit. We've never let the fear of losing damper our love of the game, and we're never tur- we've never turned our backs on the ones we love most even when they don't deserve our love. After decades of heartbreaks and heartaches and one in 31 and the Sashis and the Dorseys and about four dozen quarterbacks, we finally made it. We're here. We're in a moment we couldn't even fathom four years ago. So how do you want to spend this moment? How do you want to spend this exciting, unbelievable moment? I know (laughs) Joey won't shut up. I know the road ahead looks tough. But when have we ever shied away from tough? We're short on bodies and we're missing pieces and we're sick and tired and nothing is going our way, but we're still here. We're still in this moment. And it's not too late to appreciate it. It's not too late to have a little faith and swing for the fences and believe in the unbelievable. If any city has ever deserved a little miracle, it's ours. And if any team has ever earned a little miracle, It's ours. We don't know what's going to happen Sunday. We can't control that. We don't own that moment. We only own this one. And we don't get moments like this often. Do you really want to waste it with worry and doubt? Because the Cleveland I know, the Cleveland I know and love rallies around its own and earns everything and hopes when it's hopeless and appreciates the little things and believes that anything is possible. That's who we are. God bless you, and God bless America. It's the eye of the tiger, it's the thrill of the fight, rising up to the challenge of all rivals. Do you notice how I kept getting noticeably louder because Joey kept screaming at me? God, Brittany, Listen, I could go play pumped. a football game right now. Just go run through God, a wall right now. I'm fired up. Can, wait, can we, how do we get this to the Cleveland Browns to put in the locker room? They Hasht- need to. Hashtag Mollus 2024. There you go. That was beautiful. God bless the troops. <laughs> <laughs> I am crying, but I'm sweating, but I'm happy. I am There's pumped. so much. There, I, I think I'm dying. I'm feeling too much right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of feelings, you guys. A lot of feelings in little bodies, and we just don't know how to handle it. I think my fever just came back. <laughs> I'm taking. I'm peeling off layers of clothing right now. <laughs> I made myself too excited. <laughs> oh. Well, Brittany, that was just. It's a wrong perfect... podcast, Brittany. <laughs> perfect segue. Do because... we have to rate this? Do we have to rate this podcast rated X? <laughs> we might. Yes. It's a good thing this isn't live. Now, guys, I forgot to put deodorant on, and now I'm smelling. I think I just got all sweaty doing that, and now I'm just gross. Okay, so that was the perfect intro because we listed out, you guys, all of the reasons why we should win this game. Okay, let's go through them, if you will. 
Let's do it. The first yes. is Kevin Stefanski. While we know he will not actually be at the game on Sunday because of COVID, he is still game planning this entire week with his team. This is a man that has been level-headed the entire season, regardless of what has been thrown at him. Do we really think that this is going to be the tipping point to what will throw this team off? This man has backup plans for his backup plans. Oh, also, can we talk about some of his comments from Tuesday? Please, yes. Meredith. When, yeah. So they announced that Mike Prefer was going to be acting head coach and that Alex Van Pelt would be calling plays. And he was asked about that in his press conference on Tuesday. And he pretty much just said, he was like, all I do is read lines off of a paper. Like he diminished his role so much that he was just like, yeah, it's just reading lines off of a paper. Mike Prefer's going to do great. Van Pelt's going to do great. You know, they don't need me. And I was just like, well, no, no, that's not entirely true. That's but, the coach of the year. I mean, <laughs> saying that anyone can do my job. But it was just, I don't know, just the way he said it, it, it wasn't a bad thing. But at the same time, it was just like, don't. Like, don't do that self-deprecating things. Like, Coach Stefanski, that's not you. I mean, being a head coach of a football team is hard. Oh, God. And I, you know, and, and I think he was just trying to I make it. it. He's trying to make himself, I guess, not necessarily seem smaller. That's not really the word I'm looking for, but that's the word I'm going to use. To I mm-hmm. guess he's trying to make it look like he's not above anybody else on the staff. Like, he's right. not above Joe Woods. He's not above <clears throat> yeah. Mike Prefer. That, in his mind, everyone is equal. Yeah which means anyone could take over for him in the event of his absence, which is what's going to happen on Sunday. I mean, and it's just like, how can you not rally behind a leader like that? I totally agree. I think, too, part of that was not necessarily about making him be less important to what the, what the team is. I thought it was more so of putting that confidence out there for his players to entrust that the coaching staff will be able to do just as good of a job um, versus causing panic. You know, like if the ship's going down, the worst thing that you can do is panic because then everyone else around you is going to panic. So I thought that that was kind of his his cry, his rallying cry to make sure all of the troops um, felt comfortable with what was about to happen. So, um, I mean, that's just that level-headed naturedness of him. Yes. Man is unfazed. I mean, and also it – he wouldn't comment on and it's funny because every reporter in the press conference not every single one but a lot of them were asking you know how are you doing how's your family doing and his response was i'm fine i don't want to talk about me (laughs) every single time he was just like it's not about me it's about this team um and also he didn't sound sick so i think that's also a good sign so but i mean yeah the fact that he's sitting there and saying it's not about me it's about this team again just Things that good leaders do. And he doesn't, like, do it in a... You know how, like, some guy, like, the alpha males are, like, yes. all the all, teamwork. There's all the team. He doesn't <laughs> do it like that. He just does it like, you know, a competent adult. Yes. Who, like, a teacher. It's like, no, it's it's about my students. Like, he just, he's so calm about everything. I just... He's I genuine about enough. it. That's, yeah. that's what it is. Like, he's yeah. not... Like, he's not the... He's not an alpha male that has to say that he's an alpha male. Right. You know? Because, like, if you have to say you're an alpha, you're definitely not one. So, 
excellent point, Meredith. <laughs> Can you guys imagine, though? Like, he has to watch this game from... Like, is he just going to be watching the game from his couch? Like, can you imagine... Like watching no. the job I, that you've been doing, you know, for three months from your couch, like watching someone else do it. And then like that has to be so hard. And there's nothing you could do about it. Yeah. Like they, he can't call in and be like, oh. hey, dude, you, you're done. Like you you prepped for this. You did all the work that you could. And now you just have you have no control over it now. It's done. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we're all going to be stress balls on Sunday night. But like imagine yes. being him. Oh, my yes. gosh. I'm, I'm watching the game alone on the couch in my pajamas. I, I won't even like watch it with anyone. I, yeah, I almost wish that Stefanski like had a Twitter so he could be like live. He sh- yes, he should live stream himself watching. I oh. wish. But also speaking of watching it from the couch, I I think I'm most heartbroken for Joel Batonio. Yes, having yeah. to sit from the couch Same. because yeah. he has he has suffered the most of all of the current Browns. He has been through. He's been through the Sashi Wars. He's been through one in 31. Like he is just, he has been through it all. And to finally, finally get to the playoffs and he can't play like that is just, it's going to be devastating for the offense, but it's just heartbreaking for him as a person because nobody deserves this more than he does. Well, so you lead me into another reason why I think the Browns could win this game. Um, the pressure is off for this team. Um, they get to play loose. Um, they might also have motivation to win this for their missing head coach and all of the teammates that don't get to participate and are missing this game. You know, there is a reason to want to have a next playoff game so that they can get their teammates back. Like, this has to be so hard for all of them. I mean, these these are brothers that have been through this, like the ups and downs of this season, um, having to, to get to know each other virtually for the entire offseason. I mean, I think Sunday was a lot different because there was a lot on the line. You know, there's nothing on the line for this game. Like, they can be themselves. They can have fun. They can play loose. There's a crap ton of pressure on the Steelers on the other end. Yes. Yes. That's the one thing that's great about having nothing going your way. You, you have a billion excuses to fall back on yes. and saying, okay, like we might not win this game, but we're at a complete disadvantage from the beginning, from, from all levels. Everything that could have gone wrong this week pretty much went wrong. Yeah. So now we have to play this playoff game and we're going to give it our all. But if it doesn't work, like, okay, like they, they gave it their best shot. So just go out there and play your heart out. Like that's, that's all the Browns can do. And I think that's what we're going to see them do. Yep. I think the other thing that we reminded you all of on Monday, but you probably forgot by now, but the Pittsburgh Steelers have had one good half of football in their last five games. And that is what the fans are clinging to. One good half of football against Uh the Indianapolis Colts. If you go back and look at the Cincinnati Bengals game that beat Pittsburgh starters um, with a third string quarterback, mind you, and a beaten up team, Um, the Steelers did not look good. Their offense is still in question. Like you can't fix that in one half of football. So again, um, you know, this isn't an offensive juggernaut as much as you want to think that about the Steelers, because you know, this, if you look at all of the historicals about everything tips and steel in the Steelers favors, the history of this team, the amount of times the Browns have lost in that stadium. Like this is not the same old Browns team. You guys, like these things don't matter. What matters is what's happened in the last few weeks and the Browns offense has been really good and the Steelers has not been. Yes. The Steelers so, are frauds still. I, yes. I, I am sticking to that. Their offense this year has, has relied heavily on 
Big Ben being able to throw, and he really can't do that much, and at least not nearly the way he used to. We've seen that a lot this year. Um, the thing that they the, – the defense, that's it. But, you know, the offense, it's 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 been pretty vanilla. There's not a whole lot of run game involved. It's just not there. So, you know, the Steelers, the record to me is still a lot better than they actually were. Yep. So two things. One, Big Ben has a double chin. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> like he was on he was on ESPN the other day, like, the, you know, because they were going through and doing their media hits and, and Tomlin was up there and, and then they talked to Big Ben. And I don't know if it was like the camera angle, but I was just like, dude, homeboy. You got a double chin, man. Like, I don't I don't know how that happened. But I just uh, you guys remember that tweet at the beginning of the season where it was like AFC quarterbacks if they were fat and they photoshopped <laughs> yeah. like Baker, uh, Joe Burrow, Lamar to be fat. And then they just had a normal picture of Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's mean. Don't fat shame. And then I saw him on ESPN and I was like, dude, like quarantine 15 much. But anyway, if the Browns find a way to win on Sunday, I am going into the mentions of every, excuse my language, of every asshole Ooh, that man. came at me on TikTok, and I'm going to say, but you beat, but we beat your, or you lost to our backups. Right. That's, That's what I'm going to do. Right. That's what it is going to be Monday is all over, you lost to our backups. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I support that message. I'm ready for it. Yes, I endorse this. <laughs> I endorse this message. Um, Mollis 2024. I am Brittany Mollis and I endorse this message. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think it's encouraging. Like, yeah, the, the Steelers' defense has been good, but the Browns torched a pretty solid Ravens' defense. Might I remind sure. you? Mm-hmm. Might I remind mm-hmm. you? Um, so speaking of the Browns' offense, they have it very much intact. Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Can I give you Jarvis Landry? Most of the tight ends, we'll take a mm-hmm. we'll take a Jarvis. I mean, Andrew. I'll take I'll take that group, and I under and I understand Joel Batonio is a huge loss for the offensive line. Like, there's a lot mm-hmm. of questions about who's going to be able to protect Baker Mayfield, block Cam Hayward. Freaking, I don't even care. Figure it out. They're going to figure it out. They have had most of this week to prepare for that exact scenario. At least they're not finding out on a Saturday. That's that's how exactly. I'm trying to take the positive spin on this. Yeah, maybe the fact that this has happened all week that they're just using that. Because I think that was a huge thing. I think that having everything happen Saturday afternoon before the Jets game rattled the team a lot more than they're willing to admit. So I think maybe the fact that this happened early in the week, it started on Tuesday, I guess. Maybe they're just like, they're mentally in it now because they're just like, all right, you know. All they've had, the yeah, the only thing they've had to do this week is just think about the upcoming game yeah, and prep so. for it and plan for it and just, you know, that's... What, what else do they, they have practice? So they've just been thinking about this for days and they're going to keep thinking about this. So yeah, yeah mentally they're going to be there. It's not like they're on a tarmac and get deplaned to say, oh, wait, you got some of you guys have COVID. We're going to delay your flight. Like that would mess up anyone, you know, or it's like, not like, you know, the situation in New York where they had to plan the game in a garage. Yeah. You know, a couple hours before game time. Oh, my God. Yeah, that. I'm still upset that game didn't get postponed. I just think that that did such a disservice to the yes. Browns. Like, even if it wasn't the quote-unquote outbreak, the, the same That way, it is now? You know, it, even if it wasn't the Ravens' definition of an outbreak, I think that it would have been 
it, it would have been a nice gesture to the Browns to maybe push it to Monday to kind of give them a day to get their minds right so they don't have to do their walkthrough in a Marriott parking garage. Yeah. You know, so just whatever the past going to try not to live in the past, but still that's yes. it's upsetting. It's rattling, but it's definitely not the situation they're going through this week. So hopefully because things have been, I don't want to say consistent, but they've been kind of consistent day to day. So yeah, you know, that's all you've got. You, that's all you guys have had to do all week is, you know, sit at home. Don't come into contact with anyone and uh, do lots of pushups in your living room to prepare. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, and so a couple of more things before we we get into, you know, keys to a victory. The team has not lost two games in a row all season. I think that's that's an important one that has hasn't really been talked about that much. Um, no. And and this is a team that we also haven't seen give up. Like, I understand like from a fan perspective, it's okay to be deflated and disappointed but this team still has to prepare for a game and they're not just going to roll over and die and just give the Steelers team a win like that's not what's going to happen like they are still going to prepare and and you got to hope that they all think they have a chance to win this game yeah unlike the fans although after my speech I don't know how you guys are inspired well they're going to be after this podcast obviously and then they're also getting bulletin board material all week all week. Oh, did you see the newest Juju, Juju quote? Juju, yes. the newest one. Juju's dead to me. Like I'm yeah, no longer liking your videos. That on TikTok, same old Juju. Browns quote. Oh my god! Screw you, Juju. You know I used to defend him when he uh, when he used to ride his bike around. I was like, this is the cutest person I've yeah. ever seen. Now I hate him. Yeah. Like what happened? Like what happens with the Steelers? The wide Steelers receivers? happened. I don't That's know if it's just. A, I want to say. You know what? I want to say TikTok happened because I feel like when people blow up on TikTok their heads blow up as well. So Juju's do his, doing his little dances, <laughs> Mary, getting lots of followers on TikTok. No, <laughs> I have not blown up. choke on my teeth. <laughs> Listen, I have not blown up on TikTok. I posted a Browns playoff TikTok that I was proud of. I went from like 30 followers to 100 followers. So no, I did not blow up. But I had very, very aggressive and angry Steelers fans in my mentions. Also, also, I didn't tell you guys about this. I had bills fans getting in my mentions and i'm like you guys like browns and bills were like no see this is where browns fan this is where you guys have it wrong this you need to listen to me these are not your friends everyone thinks we're like some kindred spirit that's not the situation guys stop (laughs) thinking this they are not our friends well the ones that were in my mentions certainly don't think that exactly they're showing their ass (laughs) i warned you they're diving through the tables no they're uncivilized (laughs) swine is what they are but that's i mean how many like how many people have you seen on tiktok go from like 100 followers and they have like 500,000 followers and they think they're god's gift to social media like that's maybe that's what's happening with juju i don't know maybe yeah very well could be but yeah i he's i mean the things he said about denzel ward were so bizarre they were so oh my god bizarre. i just, just I, I hope i hope that denzel ward flattens him is denzel playing do we know that yet i've been a little bit distracted by everything else he hasn't been activated yet yeah he has not been activated i think he he might have the opportunity to be activated like he's not ruled out 100 percent for certain on yeah. sunday but he hasn't been reactivated yeah i mean yet, i just hope so. these guys also have recovered like we, yeah. we still don't even know if they like are okay 
Yeah. I, what was it? I think it's like 10 days without symptoms and so like three negative tests or something like that. So I don't know. I'm, I hope that Denzel will come back on Sunday, but at this point it's just, honestly, it's a, it's a waiting game at this point to see who will be available off of the COVID-19 list. Um, you know, there's, there is a possibility that Denzel won't come off the list. So, yeah. um, all right, you took us back I still, down. I Maybe. still want, I'm sorry, I still, I still want them to run, run them over anyway. Like, I, I was really upset that Miles didn't get a sack on Sunday against the Sioux. He's saving like, them all for Big Ben. I got, I yeah. hope so. Oh, I hope yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ben doesn't want to be pressured. He doesn't want to be sacked. Like, that's, that's the, okay, so we're going to get into the keys to the victory. Because <laughs> uh, this is going to just bleed right into it. So, um, Big Ben, like, we know he's, He's aging. He's an aging quarterback. He's not mobile. He's got mobile. a double chin. He's got he a double chin. He's a fat chin. fossil. Let's call him what he is. <laughs> what did you say? A fossil? He's a, he's a fat fossil. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He is. That's all he is. Yeah, his, so he, his double chin is petrified. I mean, yeah, I think. People want to talk about how Lamar Jackson can't throw. Nobody wants to talk about how Big Ben can't throw anymore. <laughs> Big fat Ben, he's useless. I, I forget what I was listening to. It may have been some Pittsburgh radio, but they were pointing out how Mason Rudolph was throwing deeper balls than Big okay, Ben. I, I was just he wanting was. to bring that yes. up. That, like, Mason was two things that Ben is not, and that is mobile in the pocket and able to throw a deep ball. I think I saw a fact, too, that um, – his four throws were longer, like were the longest of the entire season for that team. Those four Jesus. throws in that game. I mean, so Big Ben, like you got to get pressure on him because he'll throw the ball away. He doesn't want to be hit. He does not want to be hit at all. So I think that's going to be key um, winning at the line of scrimmage there. Um, and Steelers linemen, like their offensive line isn't great. So the Browns have the ability to be able to do this and get pressure. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a big game for Miles. It, it really is. And I know yes. he's battling COVID, but this, this is this is a big one for him. I think he'll come in ready, too. I think he's ready to, to just go off. I, I want to so. see Jurassic Miles on Sunday. Yes. 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 Jurassic Miles against the fossil. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's like the living eating the dead. <laughs> the monster is eating <laughs> itself. <laughs> Jurassic Park 5. Okay. Oh, that's great. Um, so I think another key to victory, um, we didn't have Nick Chubb in the first matchup against the Steelers. Um, and we know we obviously had Nick on Sunday, but we know that now that he was most likely being held out a bit um, mm-hmm. to keep him fresh for this game. So I think yes. we can, we, we have to try to rely much heavier on the run game, um, which will also help us control the clock. Yes. Also, this is a time to get creative and, Kareem Hunt has some hands like he's not yeah. he's probably not going to be catching 40 50 yard passes but if you give him those short slants like mm-hmm. he can get them and because he is a running back and he is crazy fast he's got he'll he has the opportunity to get those yards after catch if he's got the lane open so I don't know maybe maybe treat Kareem Hunt a little bit like a tight end in there I just get man get creative Preef. get creative AVP just you know Pull out all the stops, hold nothing back. Yeah. Yeah. Kareem and Chubb can beat them. Yes. Like those two can beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Just depends on how they're used. Yeah. And if they, you know, if they get openings enough. Yeah. yeah that'll be, that'll be key <laughs> is creating the lane for, for yeah. Chubb because I think that was sort of what we were seeing um, versus the Jets is that they mm-hmm. were just, they were stuffing that line of scrimmage and there was just no way. Like Nick Harris was getting beat up 
you know, left and right. And he just was unable to create the space that Wyatt Teller creates for, for yeah. Nick Chubb. So, I mean, and that's where he struggled and that's where the Browns offense struggled. So, yeah, and you know, just get, I, get those lanes for him. I, I hope that the Steelers try that, though, because I think the difference in the Jets game is, you know, our wide receivers, we found out we didn't have them the day before. Mm-hmm. So there was no threat. Like the Jets knew that even if we wanted to throw the ball deep, there was a very good chance that we weren't going to complete passes based on the situation. If the Steelers try that, like that they could get burnt in a big big way. And and hopefully that's what they try to do and Baker is able to then kind of take over and control the ball how he wants to control it. It's it's really yeah. you got to marry it. You have to marry the two. Like it can't just be one or the other. And I think I think the team is and Kevin is smart enough to, to figure those things out. Chess, guys. Chess. Not chess. Exactly. Chess. Yes. Chess to tiddlywinks. Even so, though apparently tiddlywinks is hard, according to <laughs> Meredith. It is. I used my dad always beat me at tiddlywinks when I was a kid. Chess never to tic tac toe. How's that? There you there go. There you go. There you go. And then to round things up a bit, um, I think on the flip side, um, from a defensive standpoint, I think we have to have the defense produce some turnovers again. I mean, that's when the Browns are successful is when they're able to get a takeaway. Mm-hmm. And then they also have to stop the TJ Watt monster. I think if you make yes. TJ Watt a non-factor, he's going to get frustrated. And yes. the Browns were able to do that. We talked about this on Monday as well. They were able to do that last year with Freddie Kitchens. So my <laughs> goodness. If Freddie can do it, literally anyone can do it. And I think another thing that the Browns have been pretty good at, and, and I don't think people have been giving them credit for this, is that they have been really good at drawing the other team offsides. Like yes. they have been very, very good at causing mistakes on the other team. I think if they can pull out some of those tricks that, you know, might cause someone to jump, then, you know, that's something that they'll be able to capitalize on. I agree. Ladies, do we have any final thoughts? Do we want to give our game predictions for Sunday? Well, I have, a, I have a quick thought before we get to yeah. that. So uh, do you guys remember that Ariana Grande song that came out the that she wrote about her ex-boyfriends? And it was the and hey, everyone yes. had the meme. Yeah. And, and it had the um, the memes that everyone was doing. The yes. one taught me love, one taught yes. me yes. patience. Yes. That's been my pin tweet since that came out. And um, Frankie was the last person in that tweet. Oh, still in Cleveland because it was um the love was Frankie, uh, the patience was LeBron, and the pain was Hugh Jackson. <laughs> do, I, do I need to unpin that tweet and find another tweet to pin? Release it. <sighs> okay, I just, I need to find something creative that I'm proud of pinning at the top of my profile, because I was proud of that tweet. But yeah, now that, uh, now that the last member of that Ariana Grande meme has now What a sad exited. way to end the show. Meredith! <laughs> Oh, you guys, can you, can you been, tee up your speech it's again? Been a, it's been a rough week. All right, yeah. here we go. Friends, family, countrymen. <laughs> Do another song? Dun, 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 that's right. That's crazy. That's right. This just feels this feels very Cleveland. But let's be on yeah. the other side of things for once. Yeah. You know, like, God. is this when, and this is a kind of a bad example, I guess, but hey, this could be setting up for the whole 
when the Cleveland Cavs went to the champion or went to the finals um, in 2015 and LeBron, Kevin Love, Kyrie, Kyrie, LeBron, or sorry, Kyrie, Kevin Love go down with injuries. And then it was like LeBron and Delhi against the world. Yeah. And I mean, my goodness, like they, 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 they almost did it. But like, you know, you have to get through five to seven games in basketball. Like this could be like the Cavs or the, the Browns can do this. Like the Browns can rally and get fired up. Yes, on this it's one game. game. One, it's one game. game. They don't have to That's win it. a series. It's got to yeah. get this one game. One game. I'm with you, Brittany. I'm also going a win. Freaking F. Why not? Why would we not go for a win? God damn it. <laughs> why not? We have nothing left to lose. 24 21 mean... Browns. Cody Parkey is going to yeah. ice ice it. Redemption Cody Parkey field goal <laughs> yeah. for the oh win. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yes. Meredith's oh, excited. I am. I am. I just, I want all the good things for Cody Parkey. And I forget who said it, but someone was like in my mentions, like, man, Meredith loves kickers. And I'm like, no, I do not love kickers. I love Cody Parkey. There's a difference. I love the, I, because I did not like Austin Seibert. I never liked Austin Seibert. I was not, not pleased with that draft pick. So I am here for Cody. I'm still upset with him for the yips that he had, but he was perfect last week. He's going to be perfect this week. Go, Cody. Are you predicting a win? I am. Let's go. Let's do it. Go. All right, you guys. Let's go. You heard it from us first. Uh, That's going to wrap up our show. This was fun. I needed this. After a a week that we've all been through, this was fantastic. We hope you guys enjoyed the show tonight. Keep the positivity up, you guys. Don't fall into the sinkhole. We know we have to get through Friday and Saturday still. We've got to get through those two days, but we can just do it. Just listen to my speech over and over and listen <laughs> and to it in your sleep and tell all your friends too. put it on. Repeat. You, know, you know what? You know what? Brown's Twitter and members of Girl Gang Cleveland, because if you listen to this podcast, you are a member of Girl Gang CLE. We are here for you. If you yeah. need us, we are here. We are all in this together. That's right. Yeah. But don't DM me, though, because I don't like DMs. You can DM <laughs> me Girl Gang Cleveland, and I might answer <laughs> Yes, and play Eye of the Tiger on in the background for yes. everything that you do this week. I don't care if you're brushing your teeth in the morning. Put the song on. Play it before you go to bed. You ready to or final yes. Or final countdown, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I was... I totally went blank. Totally blank in that moment. I failed. Either or. It doesn't matter. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We hope that we are chatting with you after a Browns victory on Sunday. Buckle up. It's going to be a fun one.